Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to air the message entitled, The Role of a Godly Father. Oh, wow. Did you hear that? The role of a godly father in today's society, that's needed more than you and I both know. So make sure you grab a neighbor, grab a friend, let them know that Kingdom Rock Radio is on the air. And don't forget, you can go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And it is there that you can download this message and uh, share it with a friend. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled, The Role of a Godly Father, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, uh, the small church that has a very large impact. Hallelujah. Locally and around the world. Hallelujah. We stopped making excuses a long time ago. Stopped making excuses a long time ago about uh, size and about money and all that stuff. When God gave us the word, when God gave us the word plainly uh, to use what you have. Use what you have. Stop making excuses. Use what you have. And what you have in your hand is more than enough. More than enough. And we began to see how the Lord would uh, continue to increase the ministry and increase the ministry and increase the ministry as we simply used what we had. Hallelujah. And now to do the things that we are doing locally and worldwide, it takes more than just us in this building. That's why the Lord is causing many others to give. And I told you before, uh, I thank God for our I don't have a mailbox anymore. Brother Woodrow, I don't have a mailbox. I have a checkbox. Checks come in my box. Do you have a mailbox or a checkbox? I got a checkbox. Hallelujah. I'm expecting increase. I'm expecting increase, and I pray that you are too. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer before we get started this morning. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name uh, for this day and for everything that you have planned and everything that you are doing at this very moment. Lord, we ask that you would just speak to us. Speak to us by your spirit. Uh, calls us to hear and know your word today. And Father, we just honor you. It is your day. You are the Father that we all love and that we worship. And we thank you for being such a good Father to us. We love you today. Speak by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, this morning, we want to talk uh, from the subject this morning of the role of a godly father. The role of a godly father. So turn your Bibles with me to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. We're going to be looking at um, uh, really just um, three or four verses here. We're not going to be reading it all, but 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 14 through 20, rather 14 through 16, just two verses. And we, we'll be reading today out of the um, uh, New Living Translation and also be reading out of the King James Version. Uh, so remember, we have the scriptures on the screen so that you are able to make copious notes, so that you are able to take notes. Because there are some things today that you're going to see that, um, that you need to see and know and activate in your lives. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All right. So. And, and today, of course, we'll be talking to the fathers, 
uh, primarily the fathers and the men that are here today. Sisters, you're welcome to listen. And take whatever applies to you, receive that word in Jesus' name. And it also would help you wives to help, it will help equip you to be more effective in your prayers for your husband. And it'll also help you daughters actually to know what type of husband you are to believe God for. So give an ear to hear what the spirit of God has to say today. All right. First uh, Corinthians, the fourth chapter, uh, verses number uh, 14 through 16. You see it on the screen here. Rather 14. Yeah, we're just going to go 14 through 16. And this is what it says. Um, I am not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. Verse 15. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father for I have rather for I became your father in Christ Jesus. When I preached the gospel and that rather when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. Very powerful scripture. Just a few things we can glean uh, from that scripture this morning. Just a few things we can glean from there. Now, I want you to notice, first of all, that we can have several others to teach us about Christ. Several others to teach us about Christ. But you only have one spiritual father. Are you hearing? Only have one spiritual father. Hold on a second. Do we make the switch? Go ahead, make that switch, please. Put the PowerPoint up on the screen only. Thank you so much. I don't want anybody to be distracted by what's going on. Amen. All right, so they'll make that switch for us. So again, uh, you can have several others that will actually teach you about Christ, but only one spiritual father. Only one spiritual father. And you only have one earthly father. Only have one earthly father. And uh, the importance of a father is the father is the one that you should imitate. Notice what it said in verse number 16. It says, so I urge you to imitate me. The father says, I urge you to imitate me. You'll have others that will teach you, but there is one who God has specifically says you ought to imitate. And that's a father. There's a difference between a, a worldly, worldly sperm donor and one who is actually a father, a Then there's also a good father, but then there is one that is called a godly father. This is one we want to emphasize today. All right. Because it's more it takes more than being a father than just trying to make a baby. Or just being there. At least I did come home last night. Oh, it's a lot more to it than just that. A lot more to it than just that. Um. So today we'll be talking about what a father is and what a father does and what a father looks like and uh, what is his purpose. And uh, here in in our society today, the prevailing uh, images of a father, where are they coming from? How are children or how are men learning to become fathers? Many are learning from the television. Many many are learning from uh, news broadcasts. Well, not news, but movies. Uh, learning uh, uh, from magazines and some even songs, trying to learn how to become a father. 
And then we have a few, because we're really living in a fatherless generation now, a few that are learning how to be a father from the father that's in their home. So for all of you fathers that are with your children today, I salute you in Jesus' mighty name. Because fatherhood is under attack. Big time. Big time. A father is a covering for his family and for his children. And for those of you that aren't fathers, but you've taken on the role, maybe you're an uncle or maybe you're a cousin and that you've taken on the role to uh, place a young man or a young woman there under your arms in order to cover them and shield them because their father is not present to you. I also salute you in Jesus mighty name. You are needed. You are needed. Are you hearing me? So, again, um, there are some good examples of fathers that we can see, but our children need more than just a good father. They need a godly father. And that's what we're endeavoring to be, a godly father. And there are several aspects of, there are several aspects in a child's life that only a father can provide for the child's growth and development. Several aspects. And when these are missing in a child's life, Hear me, please hear me. When these are missing in a child's life, it can uh, hinder the child's growth. Uh, When these aspects are missing, now there are about eight, and I'm going to show you these. When these are missing, if none of these are present in a child's upbringing, this can add unnecessary suffering to a child and bewilderment or unnecessary hardness. Now let's, let's go through this list here. So the first thing, the first key element uh, that a father uh, must give to his child is number one, meaningful touch. So much of this is missing in today's society. In today's really homophobic society, when many men, oh, I don't want to hug my son. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? A young man needs his father's touch. A hug and an embrace, even a gentle kiss upon the forehead. Hallelujah. Maybe not in the hair. If they, they washed it, then you can do it. <laughs> a hand on the shoulder is needed in the life of a young man, in the life of his daughter. Needed. Fathers, they need a meaningful touch. It's so needed. So needed. Secondly, they need our children need uh, and really not only our children, but also our wives as well. If you're a father that is married, your wife needs meaningful touch as well. So the family needs this. Secondly, the family needs affirming words. Our children are in need of your blessing. How many of you growing up would love to have had see when you you say, I didn't really have this. Uh, I didn't really grow up with the father. He wasn't really like this stuff now. So everything on this list, some of you will agree, I would have loved my daddy to do that when I was coming up. Meaningful touch and then uh, affirming words, giving your child the blessing, blessing them and speaking words of approval and affirmation over their lives. I approve of you, son, daughter. I love you. I approve of you. You're a blessing. Words of affirmation are needed. As a matter of fact, children are desperately craving for them. Also, the third thing is meaningful time. Meaningful time. Doing something with them that they like. 
Uh, one of the times that I, I really enjoyed with, with my son, we would uh, go online. We, we, we have a, a little game we play. We, we, we search the Internet. We search the bookstores, and the, the game shop until we found a good game. And then uh, we'd be playing together online, and uh, he's we're playing, we're talking on the phone. Get him, and I'm get him, son. You there? Yeah, I'm getting. <laughs> you know, we're going back and forth, just having our ourselves a little time. Maybe we go bowling or something like that. But I encourage you to do that. Have meaningful times for um, prophetic words. Prophetic words. You need to speak destiny over your child. Speak destiny over your child. What do you see in them? Speak destiny over them. You're going to, son, you're going to change the world. Daughter, you're going to change the world. There's greatness on the inside of you. How many of you would love to have heard your father say that to you from an early age? What does that do to a child when you speak destiny into their lives? I guarantee you, uh, we would not have grown up so insecure. If fathers, now we bless our fathers in Jesus' name, some of them couldn't do because they didn't know. But you are learning. Hallelujah. So you must also teach and instruct. Are you hearing? So also, uh, number five, uh, always prayer, always praying. A father should be the chief intercessor of the home. Thank God for mama's prayers. Thank God for wife's prayers. But the father, you are the chief intercessor of the family. Hallelujah. When someone has to bow the knee, your knee hops down first. Praise God. If something wrong with your knees, when sit down or something, walk around. Hallelujah. But seek the face of God for your family. Hallelujah. That is crucial. And these are the things that are missing. A godly father also, um, number six, protects his family. Protects his family. He's a source of protection from dangers seen and unseen, known and unknown. See, this is the power also of prayer when you can seek God and the, and the Holy Spirit will give you a witness. Hey, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Disease comes into the family. It's the father that steps in and said, no disease. You will not come in my home in the mighty name of Jesus. Calamity or distress or confusion. You're standing guard over your family. A father is a protector. Hallelujah. Father must believe, must believe um, that even the, the angels of the Lord are constantly surrounding his family and protecting them. Seven, the father is also a provider. He provides for them not only financially, spiritually, um, mentally, emotionally, of course, as we said, um, physically as well, to the best of his ability. Now we seek God, hallelujah, seek God for our families. To provide for them in the way that, that they need. Amen? And uh, number eight, I believe, number eight is, oh my God. Number eight is unconditional love. Unconditional love. A father's love should never be earned, but always given. Hear me, a true godly father's love is not earned. It's not earned when the child brings home a, a, a favorable report card. There should not be more love there. Surely there's a chest may grow out a little bit hair, more hair. Hey, praise the Lord. My son made, made the dean's list. Praise the Lord. My daughter made the dean's list. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. May make your chest poke out a little bit further. 
but your love should remain unchanged. When the report card is not favorable, I still love you. All I'm concerned about is that you do your best. You brought home a C. Was that your best? Well, then let's go out to Mickey D's and get something to eat. Praise God. Let me buy you an ice cream. Let's celebrate that. As long as I know you've done your best, we can celebrate. Hallelujah. But if you know you haven't done your best, let's not celebrate that. Let's have a talk about that. Why didn't you do it? Make sense? But a father's love is unconditional. Remember, and as we're going to see this today, that um, a godly father patterns his life after the heavenly father. And God's love is unconditional. It is not built upon performance. You do well, I love you more. You do less, I love you less. No, no, no. That is a worldly piece of crock. Excuse my French. No, God's love is unconditional. And a father's love is unconditional for his children. His children should always be secure in knowing daddy loves me. Daddy loves me. And that is so affirming also for a young lady to know that if she has no other, no other place, she knows that a man loves her and that's daddy. She knows that she can run to her father's arms when things, when things don't go well. Daddy loves me. And that she'll find love in her father's arms. And that will keep her from running to other men trying to find the love of a father. When a father supplies that love right there at home. It gives the children a good foundation for future relationships. Hallelujah. So there are some things, there are many things that we did not receive as we were growing up. Many of us did not have a good father uh, at home. But here again, if your child, if your children are grown and gone, you can still operate in these eight. You can still affirm them. You can still speak destiny into their lives. You can still give them love. Hallelujah. And when necessary, you can still provide for them, even though they're grown and gone. They still may need something from you. <laughs> you know, they're still your children. A father is a, a father is not a, uh, a temporary assignment. You're going to be a father for life. You'll always be praying for your family. Are you hearing? So these are just a few qualities uh, that you'll find in a godly father. Uh, and again, we do have some good, good fathers in our society today. I'm not knocking those, even those that are not born again. There may be some great fathers uh, out there in the world, but our children need better than good or great. They need godly. They need godly fathers. And remember, when I, when I speak about the term godly father, I'm saying this, that God is with the father. God is with you, father. I'm not saying that a godly father is perfect. My God. I know that I have not lived a perfected walk before my children. You can, you can just ask them. Don't do that. I'm just, just saying. But I can say that I've tried with all of my heart seeking after the Lord. And I find that if you aim for the moon and if you only land on a star, at least you're off of the ground. Hallelujah. 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 So again, now let's talk about a godly father in it. In order for us to learn what a father is, I love to go back to the very first mention 
of the word of the Father. So some of you know what book we're going to, and that's the book of Genesis. Boy, you guys are on today. So let's go to Genesis, the second chapter, and let's get some wisdom as we find out today what a father is, what a father does, what a father looks like. And again, I'm talking to our fathers, you that are our fathers right now. I'm talking to you sons who will be fathers in the future. Some of you, the distant future. Praise the Lord. And I'm talking to you um, cousins or Cousins or, or uncles, those of you who will feel, uh, feel that role of a father in the absence of a godly father. I'm talking to you mothers today so that you'll know how to pray for your husbands. Praying for them instead of tearing them down. And that's one thing that really gets my goat. I really don't understand why a wife would tear her husband down, the chief intercessor of the home. Why would she tear him down and say that he's no good? Why would she want to why would she want to puff herself up to be higher than he is when he's the one responsible for the house? That is so ridiculous. Why would you tear down the one that's responsible, whom God is called to be responsible? He need to be lifting the man up. No, he may not know all the scriptures you know, but apparently you really don't know them or you wouldn't be tearing him down. I'm not sure who I'm talking to today. But let's look a little bit further. Genesis, the second chapter, verse 23 through 25. I'm trying to help you today in Jesus mighty name. Genesis The second chapter, verses 23 through 25, King James Version. This is how it reads. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and what? Flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Look at verse 24. Therefore, shall a man leave his who? Father. First mention of the word father there in the Bible. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be what? One flesh. Verse 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Look at this verse for a few moments. This is so very, very powerful. We're going to look at verse 23 in a minute. That's really going to make more sense to you. But look at verse number 24. It says again, therefore shall who? Therefore shall a who? I can't, I can't hear y'all. What? Who? Thank you so much, Rosie. I heard Rosie. (laughs) Therefore shall who? Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto, unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. How many men are leaving their fathers and mothers? Are you hearing? Now, this is said, therefore, shall a man leave. That is this this person, this man that was once a boy is being raised up in the home under the tutelage of father and mother. When this man leaves the home, he is now when this male leaves the home, he's now a man. Now, the word man here in the Hebrew is ish. Uh, That's an easy one to pronounce. Thank you, Jesus. The word for man here is ish, and it means, grab a hold of this. The word ish means man. Okay, got that. Male, got that. But it also means husband. 
it means servant. Now grab the last two. It means champion. It means great man. Again, husband, man, male, husband, servant, champion, great man. So when the Bible says that, it says, therefore shall a man, in other words, therefore shall a champion leave his father and mother. Therefore shall a great man step out from his father and mother. Therefore shall a husband before you are married, you ought to be a husband. That sound weird? Because you ought to know the role of a husband before you get married. Are you hearing? The role of a husband. So before you step out in marriage, you ought to be a husband. One thing I, 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 I honor the Lord for, because before I met my wife, I began, the Holy Spirit dealt with me and I began to pray with her. I didn't know who she was. And this year would be our 25th anniversary. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. All right. Before I met her, I prayed for her. I didn't know who she was, but God did. And so I thought, why am I going to wait to pray for her? When I meet her, God, you already know who she is. So I began to assume the role of a husband praying for her when I had not known her. I began to pray for her provision, for her safety, for her protection. I began to pray for her heart. That God would heal her, that he would make her whole. So I began to pray for her, and as I began to pray with her, assuming that role of covering before I knew her, I was a husband. And as I began to set aside things, I I had a place for my wife. Hallelujah. I was already living in a place, already had a car, already had a job. (laughs) Hallelujah. Already had a place prepared. Praise God. But when we get married, of course, we move to another place. But that's another story altogether. (laughs) Praise Jesus. But I already had these things in place and together a a place suitable. At least I thought it wasn't. But a place suitable for my wife. Before we got married, I was a husband. I was a husband without a wife. Does that make sense? So before you leave the home, young men, become a husband, become a champion, become a great man. This is what a father produces. As a matter of fact, the word father here uh, is the word av, another easy word. Thank you, Jesus. In the Hebrew, av. And one definition of the word av is a producer, a generator, and not electrical. A producer, a generator, one who generates, a uh, one who is also an originator. So I'll ask today, fathers, what are we producing? What are we producing? Does that make sense? There's a purpose. And uh, many men today are just having kids. But what are you producing in the world? That song, Papa was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat was his home. And when he died, all he left us was alone. 
Papa was a rolling stone Wherever he laid his hat was his home But when he died All he left us was alone We shouldn't be that Right? Should not be that We ought to leave an inheritance to our children's children and being there for your children. So remember again those eight points that we said a few moments ago. Matter of fact, I'll read them to you one more time. Meaningful touch, affirming words, meaningful time, prophetic utterances to your children. Give them prophetic words, always praying for them, protecting them, providing for them, and giving them unconditional love. These are things that they need, and your children, your family are actually craving for it today. So again, what are you producing? Um, One thing a father has to do is pray for your children. And as you pray for your children, God will reveal you, reveal to you their purpose. You have to know their purpose. Now, the older they become or the rather, rather, should I say the more mature they become, their purpose will be will become uh, more clear to you. But you, your first responsibility is to pray for their purpose. God, why are they here? And why were they born to me? Does that make sense? Now, that being said, let's go to Proverbs 22, verse number six. Are y'all getting anything out of this today? Oh, this is so powerful, isn't it? So we're talking today about the role of a godly father. The role of a godly father. Proverbs 22 verse number six says this. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is what? When he is old, he will not depart from it. Are you hearing? It says train up a child in the way they should go. Now, now that's a heavy responsibility for both father and mother. Train up a child in the way they should go. Train up a child, say with me, in the way they should go. One more time. In the way they should go. One more time. In the way they should go. All right. Now say the word they because I'm talking about male and female, not just uh, in the way he should go here in scripture. Now, train up a child in the way that he or she should go. Now, how in the world are you going to do that unless you know the way that they should go? The term or the phrase in the way, uh, in the way means the course of life, direction, or path. Course of life, direction, or path. How are you going to know their direction or path except you seek the face of God concerning them? So if you, again, if you receive nothing else, one of the chief responsibilities of a godly father is to seek the face of God, is to seek the face of the father for the children. And really, unless I can tell you now, my God, if it were not for the Lord, I don't know what I would do. Are you hearing? Because there's so many weights. Why are, more, why are fathers leaving homes in the droves? Why are they leaving homes? Why are pastors leaving the pulpits? Why? Because there's so much of an assault on a godly father, on a godly image, so to speak. Remember, as we talked about in the very beginning, Paul said, imitate me. 
imitate me. And if you're going to be the one that goes out front, you're going to be the one that's uh, that's uh, under fire. And so I urge you, mothers, I urge you, children, please pray for the father. Pray for the father. Pray that they would exemplify the character and nature of Jesus Christ in all that they do, regardless of what you see presently. Pray without ceasing, without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Are you hearing? So there's only one way, again, for you to train up a child in the way that they should go. The way that they should go is that you've got to know the way that they should go. How in the world are you going to train them up? Train up means to instruct. How are we going to instruct them in the way they should go, in the direction that they go, unless you've heard from God? Hallelujah. So, again, it's impossible to to do the things of God without God. I didn't say God has called you to be perfect in the flesh. But he does call you to be yielded unto him and be willing to be taught by him so that you can teach others. Make sense? This is a heavy weight, isn't it? This is a heavy weight. Fatherhood is a heavy, heavy, heavy weight. It's a heavy weight. Now, I want to show you something else. A godly father also speaks words of affirmation and um, confirms the, the identity of his children. And in many, and sometimes he's also his wife. Speaks words of affirmation and speaks identity to the children and many times also his wife. In our society today, why are there so many violent crimes? Why are people... Are, you know, just filled with so much doom and gloom. And why are there so many suicides and all this stuff? Much of that reason is because people don't have an identity. They don't know who they are. I asked that question on Wednesday night, and I don't know why. I pray you guys, if you cannot be here on Wednesday night, I pray at least you you can join us on YouTube. You can join us on uh, Periscope so that you can get the word of God. And I pray that you are doing that. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking some powerful things on Wednesday nights. And one of the questions he asks us on Wednesday night is, who are you? If you don't know who you are, how can you even lead anyone else? Who are you? What is your purpose in life? What is your destiny? These are questions that nobody can answer for you but God. I can speak good things over your life. But, but the time will come that what I say won't matter as much as what you say about you. People can tell you, people can tell you, oh, you're great. Oh, you're a great person. I love you and this and that and the other. But if you don't love yourself, if you don't think good about yourself, it won't matter what other people say about you. You will just frankly dis- dismiss it. So it's going to take time for us now to learn. And this is something that nobody can do but you. Are you hearing? We can't be part of that entitled generation that wants everybody to do it for you. No, you're going to have to go home and you're going to have to seek the face of God. Hallelujah. All right. I trust that you will because I believe in you. I believe in you. Some of you may have never heard, never heard or, or had a word of affirmation spoken over your life. Well, this is one reason that we come to church. We're, we're involved in a spiritual family where God gives us a spiritual mother and father. But we can begin to uh, fill in the gaps of where others left off. 
Maybe you didn't have a father. Well, through the unction of the Holy Spirit, we can begin. Now, regardless of your age, I have people in their 70s. They call me dad. What, pastor? Because it has nothing to do with age. It has to do with spiritual maturity and who God has set up. Hallelujah. God can give a voice to any person with any age. Hallelujah. All you need is an affirming voice. God, how do you have an affirming voice over your life? There are so many people out of church. I don't know where. I don't know. Where is the voice of God? What voice is impacting you? Hallelujah. Where's the voice of affirmation? The voice of blessing. And this is why we search from place to place until we find that sound. Where is that sound? Where is the sound of the father? Where is that sound? You don't need a hireling. Somebody that's just there for the money. You need a sound. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Y'all with me today? All right. Now let's go back to Genesis Genesis second chapter. We're not going to get through all this today. We may have to go into a part two or next week. Here again, we're speaking from the subject of the role of a godly father. This is so important in my heart. And I pray that it's also so important in your hearts as well. Genesis second chapter going back now. Let me talk about how the godly father affirms identity and how critical that is, how critical it is for him to affirm identity, uh, the identity of his children, in many cases, too, of his wife. Look at this. Genesis second chapter, verse 23. Once again, it says, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be what called woman because she was taken out of man. He gave her. Um, he didn't give her a name here. He called her what she was. You should be called woman. Why, Adam? Because you were taken out of man. Woe, man, man with a womb. You should be called woman. He identified her. When she came to him, she came in beautiful and bright, and she came to him, and Adam called her woman. Now, let's look at uh, Genesis, the, uh, the third chapter. Let me show you this. This is after the fall. Genesis, the third chapter, verses 19 through 21. And this is what it says. Uh, By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from, from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Look at verse 20. Then, say then. Sometimes something has to happen in order to provoke a father. Then, then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve. Then, only after that experience, did Eve actually have a name. Because she would be the mother of all who live. That's destiny. That's destiny. He spoke destiny over her life. This is what you will do. Eve, I see who you are. How did Adam see that? He was in communion with God the Father. Now, God had just restored them, and he's in the process of restoring them after the fall. But Adam had been in communion with, communion with the Father, and I'm not sure how long Adam and Eve were actually together on the planet before the fall of man occurred. 
How long was he calling her woman? Come here, woman. Come on, woman, let's go over here and uh, let's go sit over here and sit down, woman. Come on, woman. Remember, Adam had the assignment of naming. When he gave a name, he assigned authority. Name always uh, implies authority. Name implies authority. Say with me. Name implies authority. So this could be one reason why he fell. Because she didn't have a name. She didn't have authority. Well, that's another subject altogether. She didn't receive a name until after the fall. Adam spoke destiny over her life. You shall be called, he named her Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. Verse 21, and the Lord made clothes from animal skin for Adam and his wife. That's the beginning of restoration, restoration of man. Because when that animal died, you know, typically when you skin an animal, you're going to shed blood. And we are aware that skin holds in blood, right? Praise Jesus. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So here's the first sacrifice alluding to what God would do or foreshadowing what God would do with Christ. The shedding of blood would take away skins and allow God to fellowship with his people once again. Prior to this, Adam and Eve made their own covering of the fig leaves. They tried to work out their own righteousness. They lost the covering of God. And now they tried to work their own righteousness by covering themselves with fig leaves. God said, no, that's not going to that's not going to work. That's not going to work. There's no way. Wait, there's no way to get in proper favor with me by your own means. No, it's going to have to be through the shedding of blood. And so an animal died. Blood was shed. And now they have a new covering. Are you hearing? So husbands, it's up to you to name. Now, your wife already, my wife already had a name before I met her. Most do, right? So God is not saying here, you name, rename your, get, go down to the courthouse and you give her a brand new name, petition for a brand new name. No, it's not what it's saying here, but it's identity. Who are you? And who will you be? And that's an honor and privilege that God gives to a father, that God gives to your husband. Now, let me show you one more thing today. Then we're going to close out today. This is so thrilling. This is so thrilling. I pray that you're getting something out of this today. Let's go. Let's look at the pattern of a godly father. There's a pattern that Jesus gave us um, in what we call the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer, should we say. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew 6, verses 19 through 15. We're going to read this, and then I'm going to give you these uh, give you the this revealed pattern of what a godly father is. Uh, then we'll close out today for this, and we're going to pick up on it next week, should the Lord be willing. Amen. Are you with me today? It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy being a godly father, seeking after God. It's not easy. That's why fathers need prayer. Fathers need healing. Are you hearing? Let's look at this. Matthew 6, chapter, verse 15 through, or the 9, 9 through 15 of the King James Version. Matthew 6, 9 through 15 says this. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, what? Our Father. Now Jesus, of course, identifies 
his father as our father. So powerful. Our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and what? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus says, this is how you're going to pray. He says, I want you to pray this, our father. In other words, he's saying, ask God to be and do this for you. Ask God, your father, this is what you can expect your heavenly father to be and to do for you. So as a godly father, we need to follow in, follow in this pattern of being and doing. The first thing that you will see here in this, there are again about eight things here. The first thing that you will see, as the Lord says, um, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. A godly father is holy. A godly father is holy. I know I'm not getting a lot of shouting right there. Thank you, sister. A godly father is holy. Seeks to live a holy life before the Lord. Holy. Holy and acceptable before God. Holy. I did not say that you won't slip or fall. But when you do slip and fall, dust yourself off and get back up again. A godly father is holy. And your family should look to you and say, holy. My God, what is that worth? When your family looks to you, husbands, and sees holy, your wife says holy, your children say holy, what is that worth? My God, a godly father is holy. That doesn't mean that you won't see them mess up. That doesn't mean that you won't see them fail from time to time. But you see them going through the process of following after God. And that process of following after God, being led of the Holy Spirit, will generate a lifestyle that is holy. They can learn even from your failures. Holy. The second thing that they should find is that a godly father, uh, he is he has a responsibility of establishing the kingdom of God and the will of God in his home. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's your responsibility is to establish the will of God and the kingdom of God in your own home. Joshua said it plainly as for me in and my house, we shall serve the Lord. What is he doing? He's establishing the kingdom of God and the will of God in his home. We won't get to, through all this today. I think we may just stop here. He is also responsible for giving a daily word and nourishing his family. Give us this day our daily bread. So fathers, there should always be a word in your heart. You say, I don't know what that word is. If nothing else, it should be, I love you. Jesus loves you. The blood of Jesus covers you. Seek God for a word for your family. Remember, a godly father is the pastor of his own home. Before the church was established, God established the family. He established the family before he established the church. Hallelujah. Are you understanding? 
So these are big shoes, big shoes. And to do it right, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to follow in line with the Holy Spirit because flesh can't do this. Can't do this. It's impossible to do the things of God without God. Let me say that again. It's impossible. It's not possible to do the things of God without God. It's going to take a lot of prayer. It's going to take fasting. If anybody fasts in the home, it ought to be the father. Hallelujah. If anybody prays at home, it ought to be the father who prays and seeks the face of God because the godly father sets the standard and the tone for the home. I can't get no talk in here. I know it's tough, but it's truth. And I'm showing you things for us to aspire to. Can I say that I have always been this or that or the other? No. Can I say that I have attained and that I've already reached that, reached that point. Well, I can say, hey, I'm already there. No, I'm still striving. I'm still stretching. I'm still pressing for the mark of the prize of a high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm still seeking and searching after him. Amen. And if you can ever get in that position where you say, God, I see me, but I'm seeking after you. If you can ever get in that position, then let me tell you the favor of God is upon and you're going to be and are already a godly father your desire will always go before your actions let me say that again your desire will always go before your actions if you have a desire to be you shall be but if you have no desire to be then that will not be so I pray today We have a whole lot more word, but I I feel as though we need to stop right here. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.